Today's daf is Kaf in Rosh Hashanah. We will begin on daf Yudet Amud Bet, uh, five lines from the bottom of the Amud. Shalichu le lemar ukva. They sent the following message to Mar Ukva. Adar asamuch le Nisan olam chaser. The Adar that comes before Nisan, in other words, referring some years to, most years to the uh, regular Adar, and in uh, our, a year like this year, which is Shana Me'oberet, talking about the second Adar, the one that's right before Nisan is always Chaser, meaning it is always a month of 29, not 30 days. Matif of Nachman, of Nachman raised an objection to this Hashnei Chodeshim Chalin at the Shabbat. There are two months for which we have to violate Shabbat. In other words, if the witnesses see the new moon on Shabbat, they have to travel in order to bring the news to the Bet Din. Al Nisan Vel Tishrei, one is Nisan and one is Tishrei. Now, if you say that sometimes Nisan can, meaning sometimes the month before, the uh, Nisan can be a 29-day month and sometimes it's a 30-day month, so then we understand why you have to go for Rosh Chodesh Nisan to go tell the Bedin because it's possible that Adar was a 29-day month and because of that, uh, on the night of the 30th, they saw the new moon or it could be that the uh, that Adar was a 30-day month and therefore they have to prove it either way. But if the fact is, and we turn to Amud Aleph of Kaf, if you're going to tell me that really it's always a 29-day month, so so why are you? Uh, why then do you have to break Shabbat in order to inform the Beddin? Since after all, they know it's only going to be a 29-day month Adar. So therefore, the first of Nisan is always going to be the day after the 29th of Adar. So the Gemara answers Mishum the Mitzvah Kadesh or al It's a mitzvah to declare the Rosh Chodesh based upon the testimony of Edim. So even though it might be true that factually speaking, we know what day the month is going to fall out, uh, that doesn't exempt us from having the testimony of the witnesses that have to come and to declare. So in other words, it could be very well be that Adar is always 29 days, but we still want witnesses to back up the declaration of the Rosh Nachman Here's a proof. That what did we say in the Brayta that there are two times that there are two um, months on which we violate Shabbat? Right in the Mishnah it says there are two months in which we violate the Shabbat uh, to bring the wit- the testimony. One is Nisan and one is Tishrei. Now I am Olam Chaser. So if you tell me that really Adar was only always twenty nine days, <laughs> so we know from in advance that the thirtieth day from the previous Rosh Chodesh is going to be the first of Nisan. So that that makes sense then that we send. The witnesses on Shabbat, because it's a mitzvah to declare the Rosh Chodesh based upon the sighting of witnesses. But if you're going to tell me that sometimes Adar was 29 days, sometimes 30 days, so why do we have to have the witnesses show up in the court and declare what they saw the Rosh Chodesh? So then it's no problem if it turns out that the witnesses didn't show up. So uh, we'll just push it to the next day. In other words, in the, according to this version, the Gemara is flipping around the argument and saying that actually, if we are, always know that it's going to be 29 days, so therefore, if the witnesses see the new moon on the thir- the night of the 30th day, they have to come and declare it in the Bet Din because we know that uh, the Bet Din wants to make their determination based upon the sighting of witnesses. And uh, and it has to be the 29th day 
but if you say that sometimes Adar could be 29 days and sometimes 30 days, so then why bother the witnesses to travel all the way on Shabbat to tell the Bedin that they saw the moon? Just say no witnesses showed up and you move it to day 30. In other words, you, you add a day to Adar and you make the 31st day the Rosh Chodesh instead, which is what happens when no witnesses come on the 30th day of the month. So then automatically we assume that that 30th day is part of the current month and that the new month doesn't start until the 31st day. Right, so why, we could have done that if it's variable, then we could have done that. The fact that we don't do that and instead we say that when the witnesses see the moon on the night of the 30th, they have to come report it, that shows you that we're not allowed to have uh, more than 29 days in Adar, so that 30th day has to be declared as Rosh Chodesh. Now the Gemara says, If it happens that the 30th day of Adar fell on Shabbat, then you're right. But what are we talking about over here? We're talking about where the 31st day fell on Shabbat. The mitzvah lekadesh alariah. That's a mitzvah to sanctify the new moon based upon the testimony of witnesses. In other words, it could very well be that really sometimes, uh, sometimes it turns out that Adar is 29 days. Sometimes it turns out that it's 30 days. Here we're talking about a situation in which the 31st day fell out on Shabbat, meaning to say that the people who, uh, who saw the moon, saw it, um, are intending to declare the 31st day as the Rosh Chodesh. There's no day after it that we can declare as Rosh Chodesh. And so if they don't show up, on the 31st day, then the moon will have to, that day will have to be declared as Rosh Chodesh without the testimony of witnesses. And since it's a mitzvah to declare it based upon the testimony of witnesses, we have them go. So, uh, so basically what we see from that is that you cannot prove from the fact that the witnesses come on Shabbat that it always has to be a 29-day month, Adar, or that it always has to be a 30-day month. It could be that in certain circumstances we want the witnesses to go because uh, it, because it's the 30, even though um, sometimes it's a 30-day month, well, if the 31st day falls on Shabbat, meaning the day that is the, the, uh, the remembering that whenever there's a uh, Jewish month, can only be 29 or 30 days. So by the 31st day, you definitely have to be in the new month. It's just a question of whether the 30th day is part of the new month or the previous month, previous month whether the current month is going to be 29 or 30 days. Right, so the point is that if the Shabbat is the thirty-first day, and there and it was discovered to be Rosh Chodesh by the witnesses, if they don't show up, the Bet Din will anyway declare it Rosh Chodesh, but without the testimony of witnesses, and that's why they go. It doesn't prove that it's uh, necessarily a fixed number of days. This also is coming up in upcoming Mishnah that if the, when the Bet Hamikdash existed, they would send witnesses on any Shabbat that was Rosh Chodesh. Uh, because of the Koban, because they wanted to make sure that Rosh Chodesh was declared in time, because if the witnesses don't show up, then by default, if that's the 30th day, so then by default, the next day becomes Rosh Chodesh if no witnesses show up. Um, so we want to make sure that witnesses show up so that the Avodah of Rosh Chodesh is done correctly in the Bet HaMikdash. So if it turns out that the 30th day of whatever month, um, on that day, uh, the 30th day from the previous Rosh Chodesh, witnesses see the new moon, which means that the, now they've seen that the month actually ended on the 29th, and this 30th day is actually the first day of the new month. They have to go to the Bet Din and tell them right away, so that way they do the proper Korbanot in the Bet HaMikdash. That was when the Bet HaMikdash existed. Nowadays, that the only reason why we're concerned about Rosh Chodesh is for the holidays. We only worry about Tishrei and Nisan. So Gemara goes on and says, what, so what's the point of mentioning this? What's the point of mentioning this point? By Rav Kana, because midikulu lav mishum de mitzvah lekadesh alaruya nisam vadeshkoi namidav mishum mitzvah lekadesh alaruya. From the fact that you see 
that what should the Mishnah really have said? It should have said that we should always have the witnesses violate Shabbat to testify about Rosh Chodesh because the fact is that uh, we always want to declare the Rosh Chodesh based upon the sighting of the moon and not just based upon calculations, right? And that's equal whether the Bet HaMikdash is standing or not standing and that's equal to every month. So, if you're going to tell me sometimes the months can be 29 and sometimes 30, that's why we have the witnesses come and testify. But if you have a month that's always 29 days, so why should you have to violate Shabbat in order to come testify? In other words, what Rav Kana is pointing out is that it's not that we have the witnesses come on Shabbat because we want the, t- the consecration or the declaration of the Rosh Chodesh to be based upon witnesses. That's not the reason. The reason, uh, meaning even when we know for sure what the Rosh Chodesh is, we still want the witnesses to come. That's not the reason, because if that were the reason, that would apply to all months, right? Rather, what do you, and whether we know it or not, rather, what do you see? It's a practical matter. We have them come because we want to know what day, with the, with the greatest accuracy, what day the Rosh Chodesh actually appeared, the new moon actually appeared. And if that's the case, then you see that from the fact that we have the witnesses come on Nisan and Tishrei, that means that both Adar and Elul could sometimes be 30 days and sometimes be 29 days. And that's why we want the witnesses to come testify even on Shabbat. That is a rejection of the idea that Adar is always 29 days. That isn't true because you see from the fact that we have witnesses break Shabbat in order to come testify in the Bedin regarding uh, the new moon of Nisan, you see that sometimes Adar could be 29 days with the 30th day being Nisan and sometimes the 30 days with the 31st day being the first day of Nisan. He said, you know, they added, they made Elul a 30 day month. Do our colleagues, Babylonian colleagues realize what a favor we did for them by making an extra day of Elul, which basically pushes all of the holidays of Tishrei one day later. My Tivuta, what was the benefit? Ula said it was because of the vegetables. According to Achabar Khalina, it's because of the dead. Now, what does this mean? It means that what they, the reason why they added a 30th day to Elul was because if they had had a 29-day Elul, it would have turned out that Shabbat and Yom Tov would have been next to each other. It would have been a two-day holiday, Shabbat and Yom Tov next to each other. Perhaps in Bavel, it would have been a three-day. And therefore, by pushing it one day later, what they did was they accomplished that instead of the holiday being on a Sunday, it came out on a Monday. There was a space between the holiday and the uh, Shabbat, and therefore vegetables would not go bad. In other words, they would have to if they picked out vegetables before the uh, Shabbat, um, they would be ruined. This way, that there was an extra day of Sunday in between Shabbat and Yom Tov, they were able to pick fresh vegetables for the second day of Yom Tov. Um, according to Rav Rabbi Achal Chanina, it was about the dead, meaning if somebody passed away. Um, you have to separate, Rashi says, because actually a non-Jew is allowed to perform a burial even for Jews on Yom Tov. Uh, and on the second day of Yom Tov, even, even Jews can do it. But on the, even on the first day of Yom Tov, non-Jews are allowed to bury on our behalf. So, um, so but except on Yom Kippur. So the point was that Yom Kippur was going to fall out that year on a Sunday. Um, and therefore, or maybe on a Friday, and therefore uh, we wanted to make sure that there were not two days in a row of Shabbat level restriction, because if somebody were to pass away, let's say on that Thursday, and they had to wait two days, uh, Friday, Yom Kippur, and Shabbat, or if somebody passed away on the Friday, and it was a Shabbat, and a Yom Kippur Sunday, so then you would have ended up uh, having two days in a row that you had to leave the body, and that would be very disgraceful, and that's the reason, according to Rabbi Achabar Hanina, that they delayed the Tishrei holidays. So, my Benai, what's the difference between them? 
the, the issue would be Yom Kippur because Manda according to Rabbi Achabar Hanina when, when Yom Kippur was going to fall on a Sunday that would be a time that they would make Elul 30 days in order to push Yom Kippur to Monday but according to Ula who was saying it was about vegetables but, but if it's about vegetables so that's not relevant to the person on Yom Kippur because they're not eating anything so after Yom Kippur after the fast they'll go pick fresh vegetables on Yom Tov when you're eating you don't want to have two days back to back because then you have to pick all the vegetables on Erev Shabbat and they have two long days where they go bad by the second day fine but when the second day is Yom Kippur nobody cares about picking fresh vet about the status of the vegetables because anyway once Yom Kippur is over you can go out and pick vegetables in the garden that you want them to be fresh it's not an issue so therefore you wouldn't have to add that 30th day of Elul for the sake of the vegetables according to Elul according to Ula when it when it's an issue of Yom Kippur falling on Sunday you wouldn't need to do it so the Gemara says, according to Ula, who says it's about vegetables. Why doesn't he care about the issue of the dead? Shouldn't he also care about that issue? In other words, actually, both of them agree that we don't want to have two days in a row, Shabbat and Yom Kippur, because of the, uh, because of the dead. That's for sure. Okay, that, that everybody agrees. But because then you sometimes have a situation where you have to delay a funeral for too long. But... The question is when a Yom Tov falls on a Friday or on a Sunday. Because According to Ula who says that we're concerned about the vegetables and the food, therefore we make an Ibor, we try to push the Yom Tov a day later. According to the one who says it was because of the dead, since you're allowed to enlist non-Jews to do burial for you on Yom Tov, it will never, in, it will never inconvenience us. So if a Yom Tov falls on a Friday, it falls on a Sunday, it's not an issue for that. And if it, fall, if it coincided with Shabbat, for sure it's not an issue, it's only one day. According to the one who says what we're really concerned about is the dead, about having too long, potentially too long between a death and a burial. Why isn't he worried also about vegetables going bad? Because it says you can always put hot water on the vegetables, spruce them up a little bit and they'll be okay. If that's true, we might. But if that's true, why does Allah say that it's only for us, meaning only for the people of Bavela really getting a benefit out of the, this situation? Even for them it's a benefit. Right? Why are we saying it's only for us? Right? So it says, no, because For us, the world is hot. Well, she says, There's a lot of humidity and heat in Bavel, and therefore the vegetables will be ruined. But those who live in Eretz Israel are not so concerned about the vegetables because they don't go bad as much because the... Uh, uh, because the um, uh, because the climate is more mild. Rashi says, They only do this because of the Bavel, because in Israel the air is cool enough that the bodies will not decompose so quickly and the vegetables won't get ruined so quickly. So the Gemara says, any is this true? Maybe just like, maybe you might think that just like we add a month onto the year for various reasons that we have a need to do, practical reasons, so too we add a day onto a month for practical reasons. Hashem said to Moshe, this month is for you, Rosh Chodesh. Look at it, look at this. And make Kiddush Chodesh. In other words, he showed Moshe Rabbeinu, when you see the moon like this, you have to declare Kiddush the Rosh Chodesh, the new moon. We don't play around with it for practical reasons. Amar Rava we have in our Gemara, which according to the side, uh, according to the side 
it should say not Amar Rava, but it should say Rav. Okay. That look at Lakash not a problem. Kan It depends if you're adding or saying Kiddush Meaning what? That when it comes to adding on a day, meaning you want to push off the Rosh Chodesh an additional day, in other words, Rashi says, to make a 29 month, a 30 day month, in other words, to add an extra day, that's okay. But to make it shorter, when really that 30th day is not yet Rosh Chodesh, really it should be a full 30 day month and you decide to make it a 29 day month and to start Rosh Chodesh on day 30, that you're not allowed to do. And what are they talking about here? They're talking about extending the month of Elul by adding a 30th day to the month of Elul instead of saying Kiddush Chodesh, declaring it as Rosh Chodesh that day, waiting to one more day, waiting to the 31st day. That you might that this and this is what the Brighta meant to say. Just like you can add a, a month onto the year and a day onto a month for a need. You might think you can also sanctify the new moon. Meaning, decide that the thirtieth day will become the new Rosh Chodesh and make the previous month a twenty-nine day month for some practical reason. That's why it says this month should be for you because when you see this, say Kiddush Chodesh, declare it as the new moon. So there you see. That uh, uh, that you're allowed to manipulate it to some extent. Like Rabbi Yosho ben Levi said, You can f- scare the witnesses who saw the new moon appear in the proper time in order to push it off one day. In other words, you can intimidate the witnesses, ask them all kinds of questions, and uh, and uh, and intimidate them in this way and that way so that they won't testify, so that you can add a 30th day onto a month, even though the new moon appeared to them on the 30th day, and really it should be the first day, and the previous month should now be rendered a 29-day month, you can scare them. But you can't do that. But you can't do it the other way around, to try to intimidate witnesses on the 30th day, to make them say they saw the moon when they didn't see the moon. In other words, you cannot try to uh, declare Rosh Chodesh before it really appeared. You can try to suppress the testimony and delay the testimony of the witnesses until such time as uh, it's by default, the month becomes a 30-day month and you don't declare Rosh Chodesh until the 31st day and therefore you had a full month of 30 days. You can do that, but you cannot invent testimony to uh, intimidate the witnesses so that they say that they saw something they didn't see, making the previous month a 29-day month and making the 30th day Rosh Chodesh. That you cannot do. There's a whole discussion in the Mepharshim. How could you even think that you'd be able to do that? Had to convince the witnesses to lie and, uh, and so on. And there's a discussion among the Rishonim and the Achronim about how to explain what kind of a scenario is really being discussed, where that would have even been a possibility. But in any case, moving on. Any is that true? Didn't Rabbi Yehuda write to Rabbi Ami, sent to Rabbi Ami the following message? Didn't you know that all the light, all the days of the life of Rabbi Yochanan, he used to teach us that no, we intimidate the witnesses who didn't see the moon, to sanctify it early. That even though they didn't see it, they'll say they saw it. And, uh, and again, this is, must be talking about a scenario that is more than meets the eye, as Mephoshim explained, possibly uh, where there's more than uh, one set of witnesses involved, and, um, and so on. But, but the shot of the Gemara, what the Gemara seems to be saying, is that you can even encourage witnesses to say they saw the moon when they didn't see it in order to make the month, the 29-day month, and make the 30th day the Rosh Chodesh of the, uh, of the new month. 
So the Gemara says, that's what the Pshat is of the Gemara, even though, the, as I mentioned, the Farshim tried to find situations in which this could be possible without getting involved in an outright lying. Amar Abaye Abaye said, Lakasha, Habbe Nisan Tishrei, Habbeshar Yorchei. It depends. In Nisan and Tishrei, that the holidays are dependent upon them, there you can manipulate the calendar in both directions. But other months, you cannot play around with the dates of the month in that way. Um, and therefore, the, uh, in situations where there is, uh, uh, you know, where you might be able to do Ibu, but not Kiddush. In other words, he's saying that you can even shorten the months um, uh, for Nisan V'tishrei because of fixing the holidays. But but other months of the year, no. Rashi says, Maybe you'll ask, what need would you anyway have? to play around with the dates of the other months, to make them shorter or longer, because we learned in Masech HaDarachin that you always have to have at least four months of the year that are 30 days, and you should never have more than eight. And over there, what happens if you had uh, eight already 30-day months, and then the, uh, the moon didn't appear on a ninth month, it didn't appear on the 30th day, you're going to end up having to... Uh, you're going to end up having to, uh, 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 you know, shorten. You, you're going to want to shorten that month because you're going to not want to have a ninth, thirty-day month because you're not supposed to. That would be where you would have a, a motive. In other words, to preserve the balance of the calendar, you might have a motive to want to shorten or want to elongate the months. But in the case of, uh, but and you're not allowed to. But in the case of Tishrei Nisan, because of the holidays, you're allowed to. That's a Bayes answer. says, what Rabbi Bar Shmuel was teaching, that was Achiri. Detanya, Achirim Omrim, En Ben Atzeret Latzeret, Ben Berosh Shana, Berosh Shana, Eladad Yamin Bilvat, Vimayda Shana Meoberet Chamisha. As we learned uh, in a previous daf, that uh, really, uh, this is following the opinion of, that, that says that we don't, um, we don't play around with the, uh, with the months uh, for, uh, when we have a practical interest in doing so. We don't, we don't shorten them and we don't make them longer. Um, in other words, the pshat of the Braita that Rabbi Bar Shmuel said, that just, you might think that just like you can manipulate the years by adding an extra month, you can manipulate the months. And it said, no, you can't at all. You can't add and you can't subtract. You can't make them shorter. You can't make them longer. You can't do anything with the witnesses. You just have to accept it as is. That's a chayrim who said, all the months are alternating. One is 30, one is 29. One is 30, one is 29. One is 30, one is 29. That's it. It's always going to be like that. And therefore, you're going to end up with a, uh, with a, a predictable, um, with a, with a predictable outcome for the entire year. And as we learned earlier in the Masechet, basically, if you divide 354 days of the lunar calendar, um, you divide it into 50. The, you, so what it ends up is you have a, uh, the 350 becomes uh, and divided by 50 weeks of seven days each. So you end up with 350. And there's four, in other words, there's, what will happen is that you have 50 weeks even, plus four days. That's why it says it'll be Arba Yamin. Rashi says, Im If this year it's on Sunday, then next year it'll be on a Thursday. Because it'll be four days later, because the discrepancy between a year and the next is four days because it's seven. It's uh, fifty full weeks plus four days. A lunar calendar, um, a lunar calendar uh, uh, year. 
and if it was a Shana Me'oberet, so you add a 29-day month, so that's going to add another we- another four weeks, which divide evenly anyway, so they won't make a difference, but an additional day because of 29 instead of 28, so you're going to have five days. So what if something was on a Sunday the previous year, it will end up being on a Friday in the coming year five days after it came out this year. That's what he says, because he says it's all even, it works out evenly, that you have an exact number of 354 days per year, and there's no messing around with it. Okay, that's how Rav interprets Rav Bar Shmoy. Now, Rav Dimi Dimi from Naharudah had the opposite. He said, That you can intimidate the witnesses to say that they saw something they didn't see. But you cannot try to force the witnesses to suppress their testimony in order to make the month longer. If you want to end the month early on day 30, so that the previous month becomes a 29-day month, you can do that and you can intimidate the witnesses, but you cannot suppress their testimony to make what would have been a 29-day month into a 30-day month. My time, what's the reason? Because there's a difference, because since something appeared in its right time, and you're suppressing it. Everyone's going to know. People are going to say, what do you mean? that Nobody saw that the moon was out. I mean, obviously, the new moon started. The new month started on day 30. It was The previous month was a 29-day month. The new month started on day 30. That's obvious because everyone saw the moon. So if you suppress the testimony of the witnesses, it looks like falsehood. But <clears throat> when something didn't appear, in other words, when you, uh, when you tell them to speak, um, even though they didn't see something, People will just say, I guess I didn't see it. That Those witnesses saw it. I guess I didn't see it. So it doesn't look as obviously as Sheker as it would seem if they didn't say what everyone saw and they just ignored it. That seems more disingenuous because people will notice it than saying that we saw something that other people didn't see because that would be possible. Anyway, I could fix the calendar without any edim, without any uh, witnesses. Based upon my astronomical knowledge, I could fix the calendar perfectly for the entire diaspora. Abba, the father of Rabbi Simlai, said to Shmuel, does the master know the following statement that it says in the secret of the Ibur, Soda Ibur is the Abraita that contains the hidden wisdom of astronomy that the Chachamim used as the basis of the calendar. It says if the Nolad, meaning if the moon appeared before Chatzot or after Chatzot, Amarle said to him, Lo, I don't know what that means. If you don't know what that brighter means about whether the moon was born, meaning when it, whether it was renewed before Chatzot or after Chatzot, you don't know what that meant. So you obviously don't know a lot of other things, what they mean in the, in the realm of astronomy related to the calendar either, and therefore you don't know as much as you think. When Rabbi Zerah went up, Shalach Leo, and so he sent to his, and that when Rabbi Zerah made Aliyah, so he sent to his colleagues in Bavel two things that he learned in his new place. So it says, He learned two things in Eretz Yisrael. One is that the night and the day have to be from the new month. And also that which Abba, the father of Rabbi Samlai, said, no, that you have to figure out the birth of the moon. So these are details in the astronomical calculations related to the calendar. The first one is that Laila has to be from the new month. Rashi says, 
that the day follows the night, which means if the previous moon appeared on this night, there's no way that the new moon could appear on the same night. And, uh, and therefore, the, uh, it's impossible if the night started with the old moon still appearing, that that same night could become Rosh Chodesh. Rashi says, Ayom olecha charalayla, liyot ayom mena chodesh, shaya bo lel shelefanav. Meaning on the night of the 30th, following the 29th, you still saw the moon of the previous month. There's no way that that night could become Rosh Chodesh. Rashi asks a question based on the Gemara that's going to come up later, that that should be obvious because uh, if you still see, we know that there's a, a rest period, there's a, uh, a dark period in between one moon and the next that's pretty long. So how exactly could it be that, uh, that uh, you know, the moon appeared earlier in the night and then the new moon appeared on the same night. It's not possible because there has to be a significant waiting period between the two of them. So he basically says this would be relevant according to those who say that, uh, that you can intimidate the witnesses and pressure them to say that they saw the new moon because you need to for the calendar. You can't do that if the old moon appeared on that same night because then it will be too disingenuous and people will know that it's a lie. Can't do that. And then what did, what did Abba Abba Rabbi Samlai say? What did Abba the father Rabbi Samlai say in front of Shmuel that Shmuel didn't know the difference between before Chatzot and after Chatzot? It says, if the new moon appears before Chatzot, so that means that, uh, and, that means if you could see it before night, before midnight, that means that it was already there, um, before the sun went down. So this is Rashi explains the positioning of Eretz Yisrael is such that since people of Eretz Yisrael are in the in the West and the the new moon always appears first in the uh, Southwest, so therefore they see it earliest. If they, you see the new moon before Chatzot Halayla, before midnight, that means that it was already there, um, it was already present from sunset. But if it was, if it was after Chatzot, so then that means Shilo, that that day was, uh, was, it was hidden, um, be, at the time that the sun went down. Okay? Meaning that it was not yet present, it was not yet visible or present at the time that the night began, because it was uh, because it it didn't appear in the sky. It wasn't noted until after Chatzot. So the Gemara says, "Lemai nafkamina." What difference does it make? Amar Ravashi Ravashi said, "So what's the difference? In any case." Uh, the witnesses come and they say they saw the new moon. So it says, in order to contradict the witnesses, meaning, because if the witnesses come and the new moon didn't really appear in the sky, we know astronomically didn't appear in the sky until after midnight, but they say, no, they actually saw it even before sunset. That means that they're false witnesses because it's impossible that they saw it before sunset if it didn't appear in the night sky until after midnight. That there are always 24 hours that the moon is invisible between old moon and new moon. He says, for us, it's six, the last six hours of the old moon are invisible to us. And the 18 hours of the new moon, the first 18 hours of the new moon are also invisible to us. 
Um, after that, we're able to see it again. For them, six hours, only the first six hours of the new moon are invisible. And the last 18 hours of the old moon are invisible. So those are the 24 hours of silence, so to speak, or invisibility that there are, depending on where a person lives. So meaning in Bavel, which is to the east. So, um, and that's why he says, Lididan. In Bavel, which is to the east, the last six, and we said before that the new moon always appears in the west. So therefore, the last six hours of the old moon and the first 18 hours of the new moon are invisible in Bavel because the new moon is appearing in the, in the west and Bavel is in the east. But in Eretz it's the opposite. The uh, first, only the first six hours of the new moon are invisible to them because they're on the they're in the west and the la- and the 18 hours of the last one are invisible to them because of their position in the west but the big after six hours they can already see the emergence of the new moon unlike the people in Bavil for whom it will take 18 hours before they're able to uh, see the new moon Amar the master said that the night and the evening has to be the new moon. Minalan, where do we get the fun? Amar Yochanan, me'erev ad erev, because it says from evening to evening. That's actually talking about Yom Kippur, from evening to evening, meaning that the entire Rosh Chodesh has to be, the entire night has to be part of the Rosh Chodesh, because the day starts from nighttime. So if the old moon was still visible on that night, then obviously that night cannot be part of the Rosh Chodesh. And therefore, the whole day can't be part of the Rosh Chodesh. That's talking about when you're not allowed to eat chametz until the 21st of the month in the evening. And that's talking about Pesach, right? When you're not allowed to eat chametz. And it says until the evening. So you see that the evening and the day are connected to each other. According to Abaye, there's no actual practical difference between the two of them. They're both basically saying the same thing. That if the night cannot be counted as part of the new month, then neither can the day, and you have to wait till the following day to make it a Rosh Chodesh. However, Rav says, no, it's not just a matter of technicality of reading the Psukim. There is a difference between these two approaches, because according to Rav says, Chatzot Laila Chatzot Laila is the difference between them. Meaning, if you go by Yom Kippur, then you're saying that if the moon that uh, So even from the beginning of the night, Yom Kippur has already begun. If you saw the old moon, even at the very, very beginning of the night of the, of the 30th day of the, on the calendar, you, w- you would not be able to count that day as a, uh, as a Rosh Chodesh anymore. However, the one who learns it from Chag Matzot, that learns it from Pesach, will say no. Up until midnight, you, it's still up. It's still fair game because since you see at night on the first night of Pesach, you have the eating of matzah and the eating of the korban Pesach until midnight, right? And after that, you don't have to eat matzah. It's not obligatory anymore. Only that first night until chatzot when you're eating the korban Pesach, it's obligatory. So, so too, Rashi says, even if in the very beginning of the night um, they saw the old moon, they can still force the witnesses, compel witnesses to claim that they saw the new moon later that night and make that day still Rosh Chodesh. It doesn't matter that before midnight, the previous, the older moon was still visible in the sky. In other words, the difference would be, can you split the night in half and say that the first half of the night doesn't count and we and say that Rosh Chodesh started in the second half of the night? 
or no, once the old moon was visible even in the beginning of the night, that means that that entire night can never be called the Rosh Chodesh because the old moon was visible and you have to wait till the next day to declare the Rosh Chodesh. That's the machloka between them according to Rava. The point being that, um, again, we're talking about somewhat artificially the Chachamim or the Bedin manipulating the witnesses in order to do Kiddush HaChodesh. Uh, technically speaking, obviously, the new moon could not have appeared on the same night that the old moon appeared because we just said that according, no matter where you live, there's always a 24-hour silent period. However, uh, when you're dealing with witnesses and inducing them to say that they saw something, however that could be allowed and whatever under whatever circumstances that would be permitted, that tells you that uh, what the Halakha is saying is that there are certain circumstances in which we wouldn't be able to do that. We're restricted from doing that because it would contradict the external reality to too much of an extent. The question is, uh, under what situation that would be? Is that even if the old moon appeared at all on that night or only if the old moon appeared after Chatzot on that night, now you can no longer declare that night the new Rosh Chodesh. Bezvat Hashem, we'll continue from here tomorrow.